0: Things get a little bit grim. But this is especially heinous. <laughs> Did you tell the police that she was murdered, May? Nope. Witchy ghost stuff.
1: Ah! Don't make me
0: scared. A spooky girl amateur hour.
1: <laughs> That's okay. <sighs> oh. That's what happens when we put ourselves on air. I don't like it.
0: Jenny and Taylor, After Dark.
1: Oh, Oh, yeah, After Dark. That's a place.
0: Oh, God.
1: Remember After
0: Dark? Oh. I want to say fondly, but instead it's just vividly.
1: (laughs) Same. I have never been drunk at After Dark. Oh, you haven't? No, because I always go to rescue somebody. It's me. Who needs to get out of After Dark. It's me. Uh, It's not always you. I would say like 70% of the time. But I have been there to get other people out of after dark and it's crowded. Mm.
0: It's three levels, so you never know yeah. what level your person that needs rescuing is on. And they have the outside section. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it would be a much better experience if I was if I would have been drunk there.
0: Yeah, you Almost have to be. Do you remember when I broke my knee when we were like 22? Mm -hmm. I did that at After Dark. Yes,
1: I do remember that. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: I don't remember actually doing it. I do remember telling the doctor the next morning that I hurt my knee and he said, what were you doing? And I was like, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's a great question. That's a good question. I, I woke was, up like this.
0: I was hoping you could tell me. What did it look like I do?
1: From like the twist? Does it look like I fell left, right? Up down. Up down.
0: We don't I don't know. I'm coming to you
1: for answers here, my friend.
0: You're the professional. So, I don't know why I'm getting the
1: 4th degree here. Oh my god.
0: Oh to be young and free.
1: Oh to be young Okay, oh, yeah, not oh, have to worry about my knees breaking. It's an I. It's an
0: active concern. Uh huh. I know if I'm like on my knees for too long, I'm like, I'm gonna pay for this tomorrow.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like w- like cleaning or something. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that clarification. <gasps> I clean my
1: baseboards a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like I on my knees too much.
0: <gasps> that's Hello. all I'm doing, Jisel. I'm gonna pay for this tomorrow.
1: Oh my god. I hope that's not what
0: you're Oh my god, that made me embarrassed and sweaty at the same time. That's the best way to be. Oh, <sighs> for the love of Peter and Paul. Hi, how <sighs> are you? Hi, welcome to A Little Bit Grim. After Dark. <laughs> After Dark edition. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, insert a saxophone. Okay, I'm on it. I'm all
1: over it. Okay. Inserting
0: a saxophone. Hi. How has your week been?
1: It, it is, it feels very Thursday-ish.
0: Oh, it's not.
1: And it's not. And I kept thinking today, it's the beginning of the week.
0: hmm I have
1: so much week left, and I was just, everybody was on my nerves today.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep.
1: Ev- everybody just was dumb. And I was like... Doing my customer experience voice, like, oh my God, thank you so much for all of your hard work on this. It's really shining through. Oh. And as soon as I'd be hanging up, i like, <laughs> <laughs> like a gremlin. <laughs> And these people definitely did not deserve the attitude I was giving them when the camera shut off. You were bringing the attitude to the table. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So, so dumb. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I am excited for tomorrow to be Wednesday. So yeah, that was me just having an attitude
0: for no reason. For no
1: reason today. I relate.
0: (laughs) I frequently have an attitude for no reason.
1: (laughs) I'm just really lucky that I work at home from this point. So like... Really, I have a second to compose myself if somebody needs to talk to me. Whereas, like, previously, somebody would walk into my office and they would know immediately because I have no poker face.
0: Yeah. At all. You, your, like, face doesn't have an inside voice. No. I, I too, am facially transparent.
1: (laughs) You'll know if I think you're dumb. Yep. (laughs) Because I will not be able to hold it, hold it in. I don't know how many times my boss would be like, Taylor, fix your face. I can't. Oh my god!
0: This is chaos. Donut, <laughs> get the fuck out!
1: Donut, god. your poor fluffy fur would Talk. be on fire. Talk here. And don't step on don't any step of that. This.
0: Donut. Oh my god.
1: I know. Wow. Oh, oh. Oh my god. My Kidding. Look how long he is. He's so long. You I want know help? We used to get full on hot dogs in like middle school. Oh wait. <laughs> Be gone. Be gone. (laughs) God. (laughs) This is five minutes of nothing. (laughs) This? But, like... (laughs) I'm exhausted, honestly. (laughs) Okay. Alright, it's good. This episode has been a... Disaster! disaster. I feel like we always start our
0: disaster episodes a little disastrous. I feel like Donut knows, and he's like...
1: (laughs) I'm a disaster. I'm
0: gonna go ruin their evening. Why didn't you name him Tornado? I just... it doesn't really roll off the tongue like donut. <laughs> that was an unnecessary tone for you to take with me.
1: <laughs> I'm. It's on par for the day. <laughs> like donut. I'm sorry.
0: It's okay. I'm sassy. I understand. I deserve it. Honestly.
1: Mm, probably not. <sighs> Who's I starting like, today?
0: I don't know. I feel like we listen. We're talking about like our week. We have a lot of week ahead of us. You're listening to it right now. It's
1: Friday
0: for you. And we would just like to congratulate you for making it through the week.
1: We're proud of you. And you know how much like mental effort went into getting through this week
0: (laughs) physical effort, emotional effort,
1: mental effort. It was like an
0: obstacle course. God, you made it. You got here. Let's all take like a couple cleansing breaths. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Good. I have no idea who goes first. My life is spiraling out of control.
1: That's okay. We did cults last. We did. And
0: you went first on conspiracy, so I did first on cult, so now it's you.
1: Okay. Let me see.
0: Thank you for rooting me back to that moment. I got
1: you. All right. I'm going to try to use my iPad. Mm -hmm. So. Taylor's
0: not using her printed outline. Because I got here today and I was like, my printer
1: broke. (laughs) Drama. (laughs) Which is not facts. (laughs) My printer is out of ink. (laughs) So Taylor threw the whole printer away. (laughs) It's gone. Uh, So, yeah, I am using my iPad. So, and it was, it's been dead for probably two months. So it is really on the struggle bus. So, okay. Going to try to get through that. I
0: do have a charger
1: for. I brought my charger. Uh, always prepared. Yeah, it's just not quite long enough to reach. And like, I have to have it like exactly in the center because I'm a psychopath. Look
0: at those podcaster probs. Yeah. A little behind the scenes. Yeah. Just a, li- <laughs> a little not- bit behind the scenes. <laughs> you guys get like the finished product after Taylor <laughs> edits it. You don't see the struggle.
1: Oh my God. I was into this. My at family dinner last week. Uh, the fam has requested us to do YouTube. What? And I was like, guys. To watch? Yes. Oh, <laughs> hell no. I was like, guys, I, I come over in my pajamas 90% of the time. I have straight up worn my house slippers. Yeah. Two jennies. I have makeup wipes in my purse on the occasion that I have to wear makeup to Jenny so that I can take it off on my
0: way home. Like four episodes ago, I wore a peel off face mask during the episode and peeled it off while we recorded. <laughs> to Taylor's horror. Taylor was appalled by my <laughs> behavior, which is understandable, but it's still a thing that was happened. I'm very
1: worried we could hear it. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> I can hear it all the way over here. I was sure I was going straight into your mic.
0: <laughs> you can temper the sound. It's fine. Yeah. Kinda. No, <laughs> notice I have not worn a face mask to record since. Yeah, that is appreciated. I appreciate that. It's fine. <laughs> but that's why you... Listen, if there's, like, enough of a push...
1: I, we're going to have to get, like, ready, ready. No, I don't want to do that. I don't get ready, ready for work very often unless I have... At least two meetings. And if it's like the regional managers and above. Fair. If it's my team or less. No. no. Not less. You know what I mean? Like in the like grand scheme. Of- <laughs> we need to reword that. <laughs> yeah. we're If we're talking about like a corporate
0: hierarchy, like if it's your peer group, it's come as you are. Yes. But if it's hire like somebody who can give you, if you a performance review to them
1: in any way shape or form you, you should, better put makeup on you need at least a chapstick oh i could never get away with just a chapstick oh no me either i i bb cream a powder mascara and then like a colored lip gloss a,
0: t- a tinted lip balm
1: it, that might be the end of it i will be
0: caught dead Before somebody sees my face without mascara.
1: Oh, that's like my
0: thing. That if I'm not wearing mascara, I'm not ready. I feel like everybody has. The thing. The thing. Like some people, it's their eyebrows. I feel like Mm. chapstick or whatever. I won't leave my house without mascara. Yeah,
1: I feel that way about a lip. Like it doesn't have to be a a bold lip, but a gloss. Give me a little bit of color Mm -hmm. and then I'm good to go. Yeah, I get it.
0: I look like I'm like a week late to my own funeral if I don't have mascara. <laughs> oh my god. What are you covering? So, thanks f- for asking. I forgot we're doing a podcast. And it's not all just good. hanging out.
1: Um so I literally like scrolled all the way to like where my notes say the beginning. And <laughs> skipped all the parts where I tell you what it's do what it is. Okay. So I'm covering the blizzard of eighteen eighty eight. Whoa. And it's a good one. Is it? Yeah, I mean... it's it's a little old-timey, so I feel like they're, we're kind of separated from them enough where we can just like look at it and be like, well, that sucks, instead of being like... Devastated by the real-life horror. Yeah. So <laughs> My disaster
0: is not like that. <laughs>
1: okay, great. So okay. we were balancing each other out. <laughs> so the winter in 1888 was super, super mild. It was like... 50 degrees. It's like our winter right now. Right. So uh, we are in the New York and New England area, and some would say it was super unseasonably mild, and everyone expected to move into spring without any issues. Sure. Uh, On March 10th, it was about 50 degrees, and the area was getting plummeted by heavy rain. Ooh. Uh, it con- continued to rain on the 11th, but temperatures started to drop dramatically due to Arctic air coming from Canada. Uh-huh. The Polar Jet stream. Yep. So, overnight... And to the 12th, the rain turned to snow. Love that so much. Uh, There is an eyewitness named Albert Hunt who recorded some of his recollections uh, in an interview in 1949. Wow. Yeah. And he said, uh, the snow started about 8 p.m. I went to the Episcopal Church at 7 and there was no snow. But when I got out at 8, it was just commencing to snow. I lived at a barracks plumbing shop down on East Domino Park. Okay. Uh, The wind had reached hurricane levels. Whoa. And reports vary from 40 miles an hour to 85 miles an hour in New York City. Holy moly. Yes. That's some wind. That's fast. That's fast. You better Uh, have good infrastructure. No. (laughs) I'm going to just tell you right now. No. No. Okay. Uh, The entire area from New York City to New England was about to be covered in a white blanket.
0: Where is New England? So, Maine? Maine,
1: Like, everywhere from New York, like, Honestly, like, Virginia, Chesapeake Bay, to Maine. Okay. I have a map. It's, like, a lot. All those little baby states? Yeah. Covered.
0: Okay, got it. New Hampshire, Vermont, Vermont. Delaware. Rhode
1: Island. Massachusetts. Yes. Yeah.
0: I love that. Yeah. You know, I can tell the difference between New Hampshire and Vermont, because what? New Hampshire is shaped like an N, and Vermont is shaped like a V.
1: <laughs> That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. There you go. Oh, my gosh. A we know uh, where a state is. It's a huge change for us. I could label
0: 45 out of all the 50 states with 100% accuracy.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not that close. I could do probably half.
0: I could name half of the capitals with confidence. That's impressive. Thank you.
1: I like the the little interviews that are like can you point to any country on this map and it's like the entire world map and like ding dongs from the united states are like no
0: listen and it's like
1: any country any country and they're like no
0: and name it yeah oh i could do that easy peasy yeah me too i'm like uh start with what you know the united states you know what's above us you know what's below us right start there you know where chile is it's long and skinny right
1: egypt right there patagonia Come on, easy Come peasy, on.
0: lemon squeezy.
1: We say as we did not know where Malaysia was in relation to Australia.
0: Listen, two episodes. Come we on. have our ups
1: and downs. Tay, <laughs> let me let me live. That's true. I'll let you have this one. Uh, so the event would be known as the Great Blizzard of 1888 and the Great White Hurricane. Ooh, love the Great White Hurricane. <laughs> This is like a sequel to Sharknado? I hope so. <laughs> uh, the snowfall totals north of New York City were historic. Okay. Uh, New Hampshire received 36 inches. <gasps> what? New Haven, Connecticut got 45 inches. Whoa, 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 whoa. Troy, New York was hit by 55 inches of snow.
0: <gasps> Wait a freaking minute. <laughs>
1: oh, man. That's 55 inches.
0: Oh, hold, okay, pause so quickly, so quickly, 36, 48, I mean, we're talking, like, almost
1: five feet of snow. Yes, before drifting, because I... of those winds, we have to think that all of this, all of these inches just went vertical. Sure. Well, yeah, they have to, like, up against buildings. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Snow is heavy. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you continue. Right. Keep right. going. Uh, because the people of New York City have always been gritty go-getters, they all woke up the morning of the 12th, and although they saw snow drifts reaching the second story of some buildings, they all went out and tried to go to work. Love that for them. Snow drift, snow drifts averaged between 30 and 40 feet. Oh, my God. And what? topped many houses. Yeah, I bet it did. The highest drift was recorded in Gravesend, Brooklyn at... Brooklyn. Brooklyn? Brooklyn. Brooklyn. uh, At 52 feet or 16 meters.
0: My God. Yes. I can't conceptualize what that is. Was that, five stories? Four stories?
1: Oh, I have no idea. That's bananas. Yeah. Uh, Albert Hunt also got up to work that day, and these totals... All were of an accumulation of three days of snow. Okay. So when Albert got up and go to work, like, it was still snowing. Okay. Um, so he got up, went to work that day, and he didn't live far from the printing shop he worked at, and he said the snow was light and fluffy and he was able to walk through it. Okay. He got to work. They uh, worked for a couple of hours, and then it got dark. <gasps> By noon, it was so dark they had to light the lights, which they didn't normally do unless it was nighttime. Sure. Uh, they decided that they would work until one p.m. and then they would all go home. And he said he barely made it home <gasps> because it was so oh my like whiteout conditions.
0: Oh my god! Craziness.
1: When they got uh, to the above ground trains, when the people other people <sighs> who were walking to work, yeah, uh, the trains were not running because the tracks were covered in snowdrifts. No shit. Up to 15,000 people were stranded on the elevated trains. (gasps) In many areas, enterprising people with ladders offered to rescue the passengers for a small fee. Oh, for God's sake. That's core value number three for anybody who works with me out there. That is be entrepreneurial. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, if you do something good, don't do it for free. That's true. It took crews eight days to clear the runway or clear the uh, railways. What? Yeah. Not only were the trains above ground, but gas lines, water mains, and telegraph lines were all above ground and not protected from the huge amounts of snow. Sure, sure, sure. The lines all froze and were inaccessible to crews for repairs. because the telegraph instru- infrastructure was disabled, Montreal was isolated uh, along the with most other large northeastern United States cities from washington d c. to Boston. So it affected everybody from like Virginia to Canada, basically. holy macaroni. yep. Of the thousand people that worked at the New York Stock Exchange, only thirty were able to make it into work that day. Ah! Wall Street was forced to close for three straight days. Milk and bread carts were not able to be uh, were not able to make their deliveries. The and- milk and bread carts. What? I love that. I know. Uh, they weren't able to make their deliveries, and most of the stores were closed because nobody could get to there. work. Yeah. Uh, so. If you didn't have enough, like have enough on hand to make it you can't, three days, you can't get it. You can't get it. You're just have to gonna go without. Yikes! Uh, so likely, many of the people who died starved to death. Oh no! There were also several instances of people collapsing in snowdrifts and dying, including Senator Roscoe Conkling of New York's Republican Party leader. I I love somebody named Roscoe. Roscoe mm. Conkling. Rosca Conkling. Uh, Conkling attempted to walk three miles from his law office on Wall Street to his home on 25th Street near Madison Square. That is a
0: bold walk.
1: That's He did it every day. Well, probably not. He probably took a train. Okay. Yeah, that's, what? that's that, a long walk.
0: Even in the best of conditions. Like, yeah. I'm going to take an Uber. I know that was not an option.
1: Right. But, like... I'm thinking, like, how many times I've walked three miles in Chicago. That's... <sighs> That's quite a quite a ways. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he made it as far as Union Square before collapsing. Unfortunately, he got pneumonia and succumbed to it several weeks later. One man was walking, and the wind blew him into a snowdrift. The drift itself was soft and deep, and his fall was broken by something that gashed his head open. Oh no! He found that a dead horse was under the snow, and his head hit its hoof. Oh! Okay. He did survive this and was known for telling people that he was the first person to ever be kicked by a dead horse. And <laughs> hey, Listen,
0: you gotta have a good, a good spirit about this I guess. Like this.
1: Uh, so, fire stations were also immobilized because people were heating their homes with open flames. Fires were super common. For sure they were. So, when a fire started, the fire department couldn't get there and the whole house burned down. Oh my gosh. Fire damage alone from this storm ended up being $25 million in 1888 money. Wow! Today, that equals $710 million. My God. Yeah. People went into hotel lobbies to wait out the storm and were trapped there for several days, which honestly, like, that's where I'd go. If I was, like, wandering the streets knowing that I couldn't get home, I'd be like, hotel, here I go. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like they had to, like, stay in the lobby. Yeah
0: well yeah. did the hotel have food for I, everybody I don't know I don't know either I go to a bar I'm just, I'm I just feel saying. like
1: I need a bed I love to sleep
0: I will lay down in a vinyl booth I'll be fine okay. <laughs> I just want
1: onion rings onion rings Get and a-, a beer beer <laughs> oh man okay uh the east river which runs between manhattan and queens actually froze over which is super rare some folks decided they would try to cross the frozen river on foot but the tides changed and broke up the ice and a handful of people were stranded on floating ice in the <sighs> middle of the river. Yeah. New York Central Park Observatory reported a minimum temperature of six degrees or negative 14 Celsius and a daytime average of nine degrees on March 13th, the coldest ever for March. That's pretty cold. Yeah, and I just think that that's super fast for a river to freeze. Like it was 50 degrees two days ago, right? I mean, yeah. I guess it's coming off of the ocean.
0: It is coming off of the ocean, and there's tons of wind.
1: Yeah. So it's constantly
0: moving the surface of the water. And like churning it, so new layers are getting washed up and then freezing immediately. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, if the water is still, it takes a long time for it to freeze to that thickness. Oh,
1: I would have thought that it would have been offset. Mm-hmm. Like moving would have kept it from freezing.
0: I mean, I wouldn't think in a river. No, especially not when it's that cold. It's like when you were, was it last year when it was like negative twenty five.
1: Fahrenheit here. Yeah, it was the year before, I think. Yeah, and
0: people took boiling water and toss oh. it in the air and it immediately froze. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. Yep, that's right. Okay, uh, along the coast from Chesapeake Bay to New England, uh, about 200 boats were either grounded or sunk in high winds and heavy rain, mm. which resulted in about uh, the death resulted in the death of about 100 seamen. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen too. <laughs> Okay, sorry, I'm 12. Uh, More than 400 people died as a result from the storm. Mm. This was 200 in New York City alone.
0: Wow. Uh,
1: Of course, thousands of wild and domesticated animals died as well. Oh, that's sad. I know. Efforts to put were made to push the snow into the Atlantic Ocean, and this resulted in severe flooding uh, due to melting <laughs> snow.
0: Especially take all the
1: snow and push it somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna take all the snow, put it in a big pile. I love the logic. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So it, Brooklyn, especially, was flooded, um, which it's susceptible to flooding because of the topography. Mm-hmm. So I don't know much about that in Brooklyn, but that's facts.
0: <laughs> Big facts. No Big count. facts.
1: Uh, the storm shed light on the issue of having so many utilities above ground, and within 10 years, construction had begun to move everything underground. Smart move. Yep. The train was moved underground, and it's still the system that New, York- New Yorkers use today. And I have a fun fact to end on. Yeah. Uh, the winter that had been so mild that year, uh, the trees had already started budding on march 12th oh the author walt whitman was living in new jersey <gasps> at the time oh my god i love him so he wrote a poem about how beautiful spring was yeah and how they were all so excited to see spring and he submitted this poem to be published in the new york herald it is called the first dandelion and it was published on march 12th <laughs> oh shit <laughs> uh, well yeah so bad timing but, Poor
0: timing, beautiful poem.
1: Yeah. The first dandelion goes like this. Simple and fresh and fair from winter's close emer- emerging, as if no article of fashion, business, politics had ever been. Forth from its sunny nook of sheltered grass, innocent, golden, calm as the dawn, the spring's first dandelion shows its trustful face. Uh. And my sources were a Brit- Britannica, Britannica? Yep. Mm-hmm. article, history.com, uh, the history guy on YouTube. And then Wikipedia, of course. I love that. Yeah. So that is my story about the blizzard of 1888.
0: If we haven't had a good snowstorm in a while. Or a good blizzard. We just really haven't. I'm not saying I want, like, that caliber.
1: Right. But no, we sn- haven't had a snowstorm in a while. I think 2014 was the last bad one that they actually had to set the sh- shut the...
0: Shut the city down? Shut the city down for yeah, like so. an extended period of time.
1: Yeah, we haven't gotten really, we didn't get very much snow last year or this year.
0: It was so bitter cold last year mm-hmm. that like it can be too cold to snow.
1: I don't think it was that cold last year. It was the year before that it was Was cold. it really? Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe that could be. I don't really remember. Yeah, last... last
1: year wasn't bad either. I kept waiting for it to get bad and it never did.
0: It makes my heart sad. I I want one. I want one. I want one where we... I need to accumulate, like, six inches. Yeah. Period. At least once a year. Yeah. I I agree. One, like, six-incher. I could, like, be happy with, like... If we're going to do, like, eight or 12, I would love that. But at least put some, like, ice down underneath so then we really can't go to work. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I'm
1: talking about, like, closing work down. Which, for me, that doesn't exist. But...
0: Uh, They would make me work from home, but I want to have to work from home. Right. That would be lovely.
1: It would be so nice.
0: It would be so nice. Thank you for that. You're welcome. You know, Tay, we love to talk about our bright and shinies in this podcast, but I don't think that we talk enough about how much we
1: actually love what we do and all of our listeners. You are so right. It was a labor of love getting this podcast off the ground many sleepless nights thinking about what we were going to be doing and we're so thankful for all of our listeners and our other podcast friends that we've made along the way that have helped us out with tips and tricks
0: it was a very steep learning curve,
1: uh, to learn podcasting when we first started off almost a freaking year ago. I cannot believe it. How many mics do you think that we returned and exchanged along the way? At least
0: eight. (laughs) But one thing has definitely been amazing resource to us, and that is Podcorn. And they are sponsoring today's episode. Thanks, Thanks,
1: Podcorn! Podcorn! Podcorn is a marketplace that connects podcasters to amazing co- podcast sponsorship opportunities such as host-read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. I love that
0: Podcorn gives us the freedom and transparency to decide how and when we monetize
1: and which companies we decide to partner with. And I love that there's no middleman. All podcasts of all sizes can browse and choose which opportunities are a good fit for their show. You can browse right on the platform. You can set your own rates and collaborate without any exclusivities podcasters never ever give up any of their rights to their
0: own episodes and Podcorn has an amazing support staff that works so hard to ensure that we are protected and compensated for the work that we do
1: for brands it's so exciting to work with Podcorn as our sponsor and it's definitely a game changer for podcasts who want to monetize but might not have a million followers or a legal team and you can find out more about Podcorn and
0: browse their marketplace for yourself by visiting the link in our show notes and by signing up today. Okay, tell me a story. Yeah, I'm ready to tell you a story, but I would like for you, you have a full glass over there. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. This one would be a little bit of
0: a doozy.
1: Okay. I love our wild ride.
0: It is, (laughs) boy, is it a wild ride. Um, I don't know if like I'm supposed to, like trigger warning things pertaining to like World War Two, okay Nazis, that whole. Might as well we'll throw a trigger warning. Just in there. be that's what this disaster is
1: about. Just trigger warnings for everything. Trigger, listen, trigger warning for the podcast. Don't listen if you are like. Maybe we should do like discretion or listener discretion. Dev- advised or something like at the beginning <laughs> put that in our intro <laughs> that way it's always in there is advice. yeah
0: this is the history of the deadliest maritime disaster in recorded history period straight facts no cap
1: oh my god and
0: you have never heard of it okay bet money
1: i will not because i guarantee i've never heard of it okay. <laughs>
0: Um, more lives were lost than when the Titanic sank. Okay. It is one of the largest attacks causing civilian casualty during wartime, not including Hiroshima. Or Hiroshima?
1: The nuclear
0: bombs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it happened in the bloodiest war ever waged. In World War II, 70 million people lost their lives. 20 million of those were military personnel. And 40 million civilians what in the hell mm-hmm. um there was a mix of these aboard the mv wilhelm Gustloff when she went down
1: but so they it had soldiers and civilians mm-hmm. on the boat i'm sure you're gonna tell me why oh I, why
0: i will tell you all right, I'll tell all you right,
1: please tell me please tell me i'm uncomfortable already. As you
0: should. So, to get a full scope of the devastation, destruction, and desperation on the luxury cruise liner, we need to understand the chain of events during the war that led 10,000 people to fight their way on board of this ship. What the heck? It was January 1945, and German Nazis were staring down the barrel of a loaded gun. Defeat was nipping at the heels of heads of state and military leaders. The Soviets had pushed their way through East Prussian strongholds and were murdering and raping and pillaging their way through the idyllic rolling hills of the countryside. Many of the civilians caught in their wave of terror were too German to survive the Russian troops, but too Prussian to be considered German and lacked verified documents that allowed them to move freely through German-occupied borders and away from the carnage of the Red Army into the still-unsafe German strongholds. These were small villages who generally didn't have any sides to take in a war, for better or worse. Civilian slaughter had been at the forefront for months before January 1945, but the Russians were on a rampage and the Nazi party was too busy trying to keep a desperate bid for control of their Reich to provide any relief effort for civilians. Okay. As entire towns burned, displaced people began roaming the countryside desperate for salvation. Bands of people trying to flee would steal document... Ugh, this breaks my heart. oh Fans of people trying to flee would steal documentation papers from the bodies left behind by the Red Army.
1: Who? Mm. That's really heartbreaking, but I can understand it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, during like, well, you see, <laughs> during this time, Germany had temporarily banned repatriation uh, unless you were deemed Germanic enough in your heritage. Because they were all about the bloodline. Yeah. Um, ugh, which is gross. But to prove that you had to have your supporting documents, that proved. You had
1: to, like, carry your ancestry.com login with you. That is correct.
0: Yes, essentially. Um, any person who was thought to be escaping the occupied territories, regardless of who occupied them, were identified as traitors and were killed on site. Great. Russians would kill you if you weren't Russian. Millions of people were trapped in this, like, ever-shrinking bubble, uh, murdered for a cause that not one of them believed in just for living in this geographical area. Then, in January of 1945, the German army finally authorized evacuation from the still-advancing Soviet army, and the only way out was through the Baltic Sea. Okay. So for all of the months leading up to this, through the entire summer, the fall, and then winter, all of these displaced people were literally wandering around trying to find a place to go. Mm-hmm. Trying to avoid the Soviets coming in from the east. And then the, the Germans wouldn't allow them inside of Austria or Germany to go Any They were trapped. Yeah. It was awful. Until finally, Germany was like, you need to get out. Yeah. So, the only way out was to travel north through the Baltic Sea region. Okay. That was the only way. Germany was surrounded on all other sides. So, the people began an arduous pilgrimage made by starving and broken people. The evacuation order was known as Operation Hannibal. The evacu- eva- I cannot say that word.
1: <laughs> evacuation. The
0: evacuation, which had been delayed for months, was initiated due to the fear of the Red Army advancing during East Prussian Offensive. Uh, is it not plays, but whatever, however you strategize a war. Yeah. Some parts of the evacuation were planned as a military necessity. Operation Hannibal being the most important military operation involved in the evacuation. However, many refugees took to the road on their own initiatives because of the reported Soviet atrocities against Germans in the area under Soviet control. Accounts of Soviet atrocities were disseminated through the official news and propaganda outlets of Nazi Germany and by rumors that swept through the military and civilian population. Despite having detailed evacuation plans for some areas, the German authorities, including the Gauleiter of East Prussia, Erich Koch, delayed action until the 20th of January. Wow. When it was too late for any type of orderly evacuation. So everybody
1: was just, like, full um, steam ahead. Mad panic. Stampede Had toward the sea. This- area okay yep. great mm-hmm. i hate it
0: mm-hmm. civil services and the nazi party were eventually overwhelmed by the numbers of those wishing to evacuate coupled with the panic caused by the speed of the soviet advance civilians caught in the middle of combat in the bitter winter weather many thousands of refugees died during the evacuation period
1: oh my god
0: a parade of millions marched their way through the frozen countryside to the harbor where they hoped freedom was waiting in the shape of a boat named the Wilhelm Guslav.
1: Wilhelm us! (laughs) Exactly. probably not. No. Oh my god, this is gonna make me so friggin' sad.
0: Let's have a real quick chat about the actual boat. Very briefly. Sure. Please forgive, like, my very rusty college German. You're so good at German. Mm, It's been some years.
1: My favorite one... Not my favorite, because I have a lot, but top three favorite Jenny facts is when you spoke German to me in a French accent and my brain broke. (laughs) (laughs) I have never been able to forget that moment. (laughs) I apologize for it. Uh, I I can barely... (laughs)
0: I can barely speak English. <laughs> Listen, I studied French for like a hot enough second to have like the faintest grasp on like basic greetings and the alphabet.
1: <laughs> Same with Spanish. I, I have a little bit better of a grasp of Spanish, but not anywhere that would help me in an emergency situation.
0: I could find my way through an emergency situation in Germany.
1: Okay, great. So I will be with you. If we're ever, if we're ever in Germany, if we can ever
0: leave again,
1: that's fair. <gasps> that's fair.
0: Okay. So originally constructed as a cruise ship for the Nazi Kraft durch Freude, strength through joy, organization in 1937, she became requisitioned by the Kriegsmarine which is the German Navy in 1939. It's
1: like what happened to the Queen Mary.
0: That's exact. It's very similar.
1: They just recommissioned a cruise ship, right? That is
0: correct. Okay. Yep,
1: painted a gray. A lot. Yep. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Paint it gray, it goes fast.
0: <laughs> Full steam of hat. Uh, she served as a hospital ship in 1939 and 1940. She was then assigned as a floating barracks for naval personnel in Gutenhafen before being armed and put into service to transport evacuees in 1945. Wilhelm Gustloff was constructed by the Voss shipyards, measuring 684 feet long and 75 feet wide. Wait, what is this? The ship? The ship. 684 feet long. 77 feet wide. Um, she was launched on May fifth, nineteen thirty seven. Okay. The ship was originally intended to be named Adolf Hitler, but in- uh-huh. yes. <laughs> the full name is like Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but instead was christen- christened after Wilhelm Gustloff, leader of the National Socialist Party's Swiss branch, um, who had been assassinated by a Jewish medical student in nineteen thirty six. Uh, Hitler decided on the name change after sitting next to Gustloff's widow during his memorial service. Wait, who
1: decided on this name change? Hitler. He, so he was like, "This boat's going to be made after me." Just kidding. I want it named after somebody else.
0: Yes, because he sat next to his widow during his funeral. Oh. He was very. He was like one of the head leaders of the Nazi party. Oh. That's why he was assassinated by a Jewish student.
1: I see. Okay, it's all becoming clear to it's me. It's all coming together. Clear to me now. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Continue. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. it.
0: After completing sea trials in the North Sea from the 15th to the 16th of March, 1938, she was handed off to her owners. Wilhelm Gustloff was the first purpose-built cruise ship for the German labor front, Deutsche Arbeitsfront, DAF, and used by subsidiary organization, Kraftwerk Freude. Her purposes were to provide rec- recreational and cultural activities for German functionaries and workers. But only...
1: The most German, the most German of the germs, could experience culture on this cruise ship. Because
0: it was German culture for German people.
1: Okay, got it. It's so super- it's just a lot of beer.
0: It's literally gross. Listen, yeah. there's more to German culture than beer.
1: But on a cruise ship, I feel like they were like, it's culture night. Here's <laughs> have an all you can drink beer fountain.
0: <laughs> Somebody play the trumpet and drink out of a horn. <laughs> Um, Her purposes were to provide recreational and cultural activities for Germans, um, including concerts, cruises over holiday trips, and to serve as a public relations tool to present a more acceptable image of the Third Reich. Uh, fail. Correct. History gives you a fail. They're like, look, we're Nazis, we're having fun, (laughs) like... (laughs) (laughs) Wien wir spawn? Was machen Come on our boat. Okay. <laughs> she was the flagship of the KDF cruise fleet in her last civilian role until the spring of 1939. She made her quote unquote unofficial maiden voyage between the 24th and 27th of March, carrying Austrians in an attempt to convince them to vote for the annexation of Austria by Germany. So they literally took, because like Austrians couldn't vote in Germany, so like they took a bunch of Austrians over to an island where they could vote by like a legal loophole, mm.
1: and then brought
0: them back. But they didn't tell anybody that this is what they used the Wilhelm Guslaw for.
1: Okay, Shady. I'm just having like Sound of Music flashbacks.
0: <laughs> yes, that was
1: Daddy. Von whatever. Trap. Yeah, that was his whole thing. It's like, we're Austrian. Daddy thirst trap.
0: <laughs> Daddy the <Hawk> Von thirst trap. <laughs> Daddy Von thirst trap.
1: <laughs> I, I
0: will only refer to him as that yeah, from now on. I think
1: it was when I was like 13 and I watched it for the first time that I was like, uh-oh. Oh, I'm yes. going to have a thing for older men, aren't I? <sighs> yep.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Okay. <laughs> on uh,
0: March 29th, 1938, she departed on her second voyage carrying workers and their families from the Blomvers Blom and Voss shipyard on a three-day fun family getaway picnic cruise.
1: Family fun day. Family fun day.
0: Yikes. Bring all your friends as long as they're German. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, back to icky war stuff. So the flood of refugees turned the operation into one of the largest emergency evacuations by sea in history over a period of 15 weeks. Somewhere between 494 and 1080 merchant vessels of all types, numerous naval craft, including Germany's largest remaining naval units, transported around 800 to nine hundred. Refugees wow. and 350,000 soldiers across the sea to Germany and occupied Denmark. The evacuation was one of the Kriegsmarine's most significant activities during the war. People arrived to the harbor, and among the future passengers of the Wilhelm Guslav is a young Jurgen Dan with his mother and three siblings. They are relieved. Mm-hmm. And in an interview, Jurgen reported his mother is saying that children, we made it no trudging through the snow, no frost, no more wet gloves, no wet feet. Aww. And he said it was music to our ears. It sounded like hope. The ship's complement and passenger list cited 6,050 people on board, but these did not include many civilians who boarded the ship without being recorded in the official embarkation records. Heinz Schoen, a German archivist and Gustloff survivor who extensively researched the sinking during the 1980s and 90s, concluded that Wilhelm Gustloff was carrying a crew of 173 Naval Armed Forces Auxiliaries. Okay. 918 officers, NCOs, and men of the Unterseeboot Lehr Division, which is like submarine boys. Okay. 373 female naval auxiliary helpers, 162 wounded soldiers, and 8,956 civilians for a total of... 10,582 passengers and crew. That is a lot of people. That is a lot of people, considering the boat was originally intended to have a max occupancy of 2,000 people.
1: That's a lot of people on a boat.
0: That's a lot of people on a boat. It's the Queen Mary
1: all over again. Shove as many human bodies as you can on it. Yes. And hope for the best. You won't sleep well, but we're going to get to where you need to go. We hope. Kinda. Not in this case. (laughs) Um...
0: So the ship left Danzig at 12.30 p.m. on January 30th, 1945, accompanied by the passenger liner Hansa, which was also filled with civilians and military personnel, and two torpedo boats. Hansa and one torpedo boat developed mechanical problems and could not continue, leaving the Wilhelm Gustloff with one torpedo boat escort, the Loa. The ship had four captains. On board, and they disagreed on the best course of action to guard against submarine attacks. That's not good. You got we t- need
1: the captains to agree.
0: We got too many cooks in the kitchen on this.
1: So, okay, were they did they take captains just because they that's like their that was their ranking, and they were also trying to leave, or were they just like four captains assigned to this ship to caption the ship?
0: So they had the assigned captain of the Guslav they had two merchant marine captains and the captain of the U-boat complement that was housed on the vessel. Okay. So, like, it, the the Loa or the Hansa's um, captain was on the Gusloff.
1: Okay, so he was just trying to throw in his opinions because he thought he needed it. Yeah. Men.
0: Isn't that what all male boat captains do? <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkle opinions around, like, powdered sugar?
1: <sighs> oh, man. Okay. All right. So too many cooks in the kitchen. Nobody agrees on how to best protect the boat with 10,000 people on it. Mm-hmm. Great. During massive wartime. Massive wartime. Great.
0: During the largest evacuation procedure ever attempted. Which has already been chaos. Which was delayed like a year later than what it fucking should have been. What? So, yes.
1: I hate it. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. All right. Against the advice of the military commander, Lieutenant Commander Wilhelm San, a mariner who argued for a course in shallow waters close to the shore and without lights, you know, so submarines can't get you, uh, Wilhelm Gustloff's captain Friedrich Petersen decided to head for deep water, which was known to have been cleared of mines. When he was informed by a mysterious radio message of an oncoming German minesweeper convoy, he decided to activate his ship's red and green navigation lights so as to avoid a collision in the dark, making Wilhelm Guslav easy to spot in the night. As Wilhelm Guslav has been fitted with anti-aircraft guns and the Germans did not mark her as a hospital ship no notification of her operating in a hospital capacity had been given and as she was not transport as she was transporting military personnel she did not have any protection as a hospital ship under international accords
1: so nobody knew what she was
0: nobody knew what she was all is fair in love and war unless you're especially deemed especially war especially war unless you're deemed a hospital ship apparently like the Germans wouldn't shoot down a hospital ship fair right the ship was soon sighted by the Soviet submarine S13 under the command of Captain Alexander Marinesco. The submarine sensor on board the escorting torpedo boat had frozen, rendering it inoperable. So they had a backup boat for this, but it was very cold and it just like didn't work.
1: So it's how I feel on, like, a cold January morning. Like, I'm a little stiff, a little groggy, hitting the snooze button too many times. Just, like, not really getting there all the time. Really probably would not function very well in, the, in an emergency in the winter. Nay, nay. Okay. <sighs> so. I'm trying to make light of a really horrible situation. It's really <laughs>
0: awful. It is really awful. Because
1: I know that all of these 10,000 people are about to die. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah, tell me the rest.
0: <laughs> the Goose lofts, Uh, Okay. So, Marinesco, the captain of the submarine, followed the ship to their starboard side for two hours. Tracked them for two hours.
1: I'm very distressed.
0: Yeah. Before making a daring move to surface the submarine and steer it around the stern to attack it from the port side closer to shore from whence the attack would be less expected.
1: So, the submarine was like... Doing a whole song and dance.
0: Yeah, like, swam over to this side to attack it, but then realized, like, the port side was the side closest to the shore. Sure.
1: And so they wouldn't expect a submarine to get closer to the shore.
0: But they can't detect the submarine anyway. Like, the submarine doesn't know that, probably, but, like, considering that you've been tracking it for two hours, and this other submarine that's with it hasn't, like done anything to stop you, you can take, like, a pretty freaking informed guess. So,
1: it, okay, the, so the torpedo boat was a submarine? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so that's the one that, like, wouldn't work? On
0: the tracking device, yes. Did not work to let them know that another submarine had come into the area and was tracking them for two hours. Got it. Okay. Okay. So the Russian submarine surfaced mm-hmm. and swam around to its other side- to attack
1: it from a different angle. Okay, at that point though, did anybody on the boat like see the submarine be like, "Uh-oh." No. Nope. Nobody's like looking for freaking sharks. No. Okay. At
0: 9 p.m., Marinesco ordered his crew to launch four torpedoes at the Wilhelm Gustloff's port side. The first was nicknamed For the Motherland. The second for Leningrad. Wait, they named the torpedoes? They named the torpedoes that they shot the ship down with.
1: I hate, I hate it. Mm-hmm.
0: There's a little bit of comedic relief in here okay. if you just like hang on a second.
1: My stomach is turning.
0: I know. I'm sorry. The second was for Leningrad. The third was for the Soviet people, and the fourth was for Stalin. But it got jammed in the torpedo tubes and like never made it out. <laughs> Okay, all right. (laughs) Does that help? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, not a lot, but like a little. A little. The three torpedoes, which were fired successfully, all struck Wilhelm Gustloff on her port side. The first torpedo struck uh, the bow, causing the watertight doors to seal off the area that contained quarters where off-duty crew members were sleeping. The second torpedo hit the accommodations for the women's naval auxiliary, which were located in the ship's drained swimming pool, dislodging the pool tiles at high velocity, which caused heavy casualties, and only three of the 373 quartered there survived. How many? Three. Out of 373.
1: I thought that that's what you said. (laughs) That's what I said. Okay. All right. I mean, okay. At least... They died quickly. Yes, and they didn't have to float in a very cold ocean. A lot of these people did not get that lucky. that luxury. Okay.
0: The third torpedo was a direct hit on the engine room located amidships, disabling all power and communication. Reportedly, only nine lifeboats were able to be lowered. The rest have frozen in their davits and had to be broken free. About 20 minutes after the torpedoes impact, the Gustloff listed dramatically to port. So the lifeboats, lowered on the high starboard side, crashed into the ship's side, destroying many lifeboats and spilling their occupants across the ship's side and into the ocean.
1: So, like, lifeboats work really well when they're lowered on purpose. (laughs) Yes. But if they're not stacked, like, accordingly and, like everybody gets onto them in an orderly fashion. They just, they don't save that many people Uh if we know anything from the Titanic.
0: Correct. And like, let's not forget that there are five times as many people on board as what they're supposed to be. So the ship is just bloop, 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 bloop. bloop. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. The water temperature in the Baltic Sea at that time of year is- Freaking cold. 39 degrees Fahrenheit. Cold, cold. However, this was a- particularly cold night with an air temperature anywhere between zero to 14 degrees. Dear God, dear God.
1: Mm. I, Mm.
0: it had ice flows covering the surface. Many deaths were caused either directly by the torpedoes or by drowning in the onrushing water. Others were crushed in the initial stampede caused by panic passengers on the stairs and decks. I would just hope the torpedo got me. I would hope so too. Um, Many others jumped into the icy Baltic. The majority of those who perished succumbed to exposure in the freezing water. Yeah. Less than 20 minutes after being struck, Wilhelm Gustloff was lying on her side. She sank bow first 10 minutes later. The greatest recorded loss of life from a ship sinking occurred during the operation. She sank in under 45 minutes. Figures for the number of deaths vary, but most accounts say... It's around 9,400. Fuck, man. The 949 survivors were rescued by Kriegsmarine vessels led by cruiser Admiral Hipper. Many ships carrying civilians were sunk during the war by both the Allied and Axis powers. However, based on the latest estimates of passenger numbers and those known to be saved, the Wilhelm Gustloff remains by far the largest Uh, largest loss of life resulting from the sinking of one vessel in maritime history.
1: Wow. And
0: that is the really awful, terrible, no good story of a boat.
1: Of a boat. Oh my. Oh, that's so horrible. It's awful. And especially like that is their, that, that was like, we made it. People like had let
0: their guard down. For the first time in years that all of this had been going on. And it's like as soon... It was such a symbol of freedom for these civilians. I'm not Uh, talking about the military personnel. I'm talking about the civilians. Right. Who thought they were on their way to like a better life.
1: Like finally free from this hellscape right that is never ending bloodshed
0: yeah that they never wanted in the first place like these are country folk yeah who like had cows and sheep and that's how they made their living yeah not happen to be very german yes but not german enough to be german just too German to they be spared by the Russians. Like,
1: 80% German. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, like, there could be a whole other episode about the atrocities committed by the Soviet army mm-hmm. against the civilians during this time period. But, like, I'm not even going to touch it. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. That's that.
1: What's your bright and shiny? Do you have one after that?
0: I do. And... You, me, and our third Britty.
1: Britty had
0: a really you guys came over for brunch and it was just such a lovely afternoon.
1: It was nice. It was like I I don't know what I expected from us just doing brunch at the house because we've never done that before. We've no. never we've always gone out for brunch mm-hmm. or met for dinner, met for margaritas, but like coming over and just hanging out at a house. It was a little fun and fresh. Yeah. Uh I guess we did it at Bernie's house like in the spring, but we were on like the patio and I don't know. Mm-hmm. But like, I love a couch hang. Like I'm all about a couch hang.
0: It was very low key for oh, us. We I... put
1: on Ink Master. We watched an entire <gasps> season. season. And the only reason it ended was because I had to go to go to dinner. <laughs> like, Family we, dinner. We, yeah. We ended lunch so I could go to dinner. <laughs> but it was good. It was
0: really... Really lovely, and I think I also was reflecting. I'm like, it's weird that like we've been friends for so many years. Yeah, long time, long time. And we have never all three of us just like hung out on a couch in front of a TV. That is not our brand of friendship. No,
1: we're very we chaotic. Good. Yes, is our friendship like we can jump into an action plan very quickly. Yes, and the communication is impeccable.
0: But It is unreal how quickly we can, like, get down to the nitty-gritty of a sitch.
1: Right. I don't know how many times we've had to call each other and be like, listen, somebody's dead. <laughs> I need y'all to... That's not even a joke, though. No, it's though. not.
0: How many times one of us had called the other two to say, somebody has died. Right.
1: And... It's f- fuck- God, that's fucked up. It's kay? really, really pretty bad. But at this point, we at least know what the next six weeks looks like we have like a (laughs) six hour six day six week
0: and six month plan yes and everybody knows their role Uh uh-huh god it's it's like down to clockwork yeah why we have to do that way too much for us (laughs) to like have a routine for when people die i hate that so
1: much for us it's really not great but it is great that we have that stability that we know i think when I'm about to get way too tangled into this, but the last loss we went through, mm-hmm. it was very much like Unex- unexpected. And you do this, I do this, she's doing this. Here we go. Code red, everybody on high alert. Yep. Do not sleep.
0: Delegated, <laughs> on call. Whoever was like not code red, all the other two are communicating on call hours. Yes. And rearranging things in their life. So, like, I'm available from this time uh-huh. to this time. And I will be primary contact. And then you will be primary. This is insane. Are we codependent? No. We're
1: just very functional. I think that's insane. It's because we have control issues. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Love mm-hmm. it. Love it for us. That went a windy road that wasn't really a bright shiny, but I apologize. I stole that from you. Listen, you know what?
0: I'm glad that I have that relationship in my life. Mm-hmm. That can be like a constant solid during tumultuous times.
1: Absolutely. I don't, I don't
0: know how other people who have chaos in their life call their friend who is also full of chaos to be like, I'm having chaos. And then they both spiral.
1: We have the ability to calm our own seas when someone else's sea is worse. Yes. And we have an ability to prioritize
0: the, the codes, the codes. Mm-hmm.
1: And if I'm on like, code orange because I'm a little bit too much of my feelings and I like hurt my own feelings by thinking about too much (laughs) um I can very easily make that a green when somebody else is in red in (laughs)
0: response to somebody else's red right but like when you're in orange and somebody's in green and somebody's in yellow like we come to neutralize the orange to yellow yes very quickly and we talk about the code and colors in our day-to-day conversations
1: absolutely this is wild I hope that the rest of y'all are like this. I hope you guys have tribe.
0: <laughs> yes. Like this. Absolutely. <sighs> what is your bright and shiny?
1: Okay, so um, my bright and shiny is that uh, a year ago, today-ish, really about a, three days ago, uh, we got Josephine. Mm, she's, you gotcha day? she's my little bean for a whole year. Sweet baby kitty. She liked to snuggle with me last night. And that's rare. So I was like, I needed to like toss and turn a little bit, but I was like trying to like move very cautiously because I didn't want her to get up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she's my sweet little bean. Love her. Hey. Happy Gotcha Day, Joe Bean. Sweet bean. That's mine. <sighs> well, go find us on social media everywhere that you can look. Anywhere you want. Except Parlor. Except TikTok. Oh, you can't yeah. even get Parlor anymore. I know.
0: <laughs> I love that so much.
1: Uh, yeah, we're not on TikTok yet but maybe one day maybe someday maybe someday we'll we will get soups motivated
0: post our faces somewhere what? that's not YouTube if you want us to start a YouTube channel uh, you can email us but probably to not
1: much avail yeah <laughs> we'll not share right it now. back and forth and be like uh-huh. not <laughs> <Look>. likely <laughs> we started a radio show for a reason <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason this is not a channel on YouTube right uh, <sighs> so yeah, go follow us Instagram, Twitter. You can send us an email at a little bit Jim, a little bit Jim, a little bit grim at gmail.com. Uh, send us
0: spooky stories, your nightmares, your sleep paralysis, true crime, anything that you got. Send me a sp- slice and dice story. Send us a freaking meme for all we care. Email us, reach out to us. We love to communicate with you guys. Be kind to yourself and to each other. <gasps> Goodbye. Goodbye.